When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the PHNX Suns post game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Let it ride. Why does she hate, why does she hate me so much? I just want to. I just want to live. I just want to live and it's thrive. It's been on. Yeah. It's been on this whole time. I mean, it's it's so low though. I can't hear anything. But I want to live. Okay. As we know, that's overrated. Is it for the people or is it for you? That's the question you gotta ask yourself. Uh, Listen, all I can tell you is to not forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. We are in the VIP lounge because the Phoenix Suns have defeated the Toronto Raptors, winning 114-106. Another W for the good guys. Yeah, baby. Oh, never mind. I'm going to assume you guys took away the fun. Huh? What fun? Oh, that's coming later. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. We talked about this while you were uh, wherever right. you were. So, so yeah. Look at this. Energy, people. The sun's won again. Come on. I was I thought that I was waiting but for something. You're throwing mad curveballs at I us. Was, all, I was man, ready I think to we be excited. Start this show. Uh, welcome in, everybody, to the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The Phoenix Suns defeat the Toronto Raptors 114 106. Another W for the good guys. And you know who was one of the best guys tonight? Mikhail Ormani Bridges. Mikhail Bridges had himself a night. What's his middle name? Mikhail Armani Bridges. He was doing his best Devin impersonation. Do you not get it, Sol? I get it. Oh, I get it. Okay. No, Sol doesn't get it. He can... He can keep just sitting there. Lindsay, why don't you and I have a conversation? I got you. All right, let's do this. Mikel Bridges went off tonight, especially in that first half. That first half was the Mikel Bridges show. He had 16 points, which is a career high in a quarter, three steals, two assists, and one rebound on six of eight from the field and three of three from deep in the first quarter. Then he went on to add on even more. He finished the half with 23 points, which is a career high four points and a half for him. Four assists, again, those three steals. And then, of course, he finished the game with a game-high 29 points and six assists and three of four from deep here tonight. I had so much fun watching Mikel Bridges play in this game, but it was more than just the scoring. Like, the scoring is phenomenal, right? But I also really enjoyed watching him play point tonight. That was something that, like, we had been talking about since the beginning of the season. Monty had brought up early on wanting to give other guys an opportunity to bring the ball down the floor. Yeah. Mikel looks so confident in that role right now, and it's everything. Yeah, and okay, about a m- month ago, I had said I wasn't sure Mikael Bridges had it in him to be the number two option, right? And that maybe we're putting too much, uh, too many expectations on the guy. He is 
blooming into the kind of guy that is exactly what this team needs. A guy who can be the secondary ball handler. He played point guard at one point tonight with the backup unit. He's a guy that has learned how to score his way, right? He's He finally seems like he's he's comfortable in what he's capable of doing, as if he's bought in to his own uh, offensive abilities. Now, where before it could look a little awkward, a little lanky, now he completely is engaged doing his thing. What I'm most interested in is what does this look like when Devin Booger comes back? Does he continue to take charge in the way he has and, and relieve Devin Booker of having to be point book at times? And how much does that open up the offense? You know, it's funny. It, Lindsay asked, does he do the same thing when he it, when Booker comes back? Uh, or does this make, I think your question was, does this make Cam more expendable in your eyes, Saul? More of, I didn't, I didn't like the word expendable. Does this make them look at Cam as bonus, I guess? Bonus scoring. Now, if Mikel does this I thought we were talking in terms of like opportunities for trade. Yeah, I so. just feel bad saying that. <laughs> what? But that's what it is. Which, know, which Cam are we talking? Johnson. Okay. Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So so she she asked, you know, if, if Mikhail's, Mikhail Bridges' performance, does it make the Suns kind of look at this and say, well, you know what? We've got two good players. If we want to try trade one for a, a valuable piece, maybe Cam is the more expendable of the two, or mm-hmm. not to use. No, that's but you're my right. word. Right, okay, though. more trade. Um, yeah. And uh, and I said no. And the reason why I said no was because uh, Cam is very much a spot up shooter. Now he mm-hmm. can he obviously can drive to the basket and stuff, but he thrives in that spot up shooting position. That's why he's one of the best three point shooters in the league. Uh, when Booker comes back, he needs that outlet to be able to 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 keep guys at bay and keep guys honest when he does get double teamed, and that's why he's so valuable. Um, when Mikhail, in Mikhail's case, when Booker comes back, that will take some more possessions away from Mikhail. That's just by nature of what mm-hmm. Booker is to this team. That's going to take the ball out of his hands a few more times a game, so he won't get as many opportunities. Now, can he still thrive? Of course he can. Um, but I, I think they all have an equal part right now. I wouldn't trade either one of them right now because of how well they're playing. And I know Cam didn't have the, the greatest of games tonight shooting-wise, but he's still – obviously we've seen him shoot at a high clip uh, these last uh, several games. So I think they're just different uh, – they got different roles, and I think Mikhail aligns up more with Booker's role than Cam does at this minute because of their intermediate scoring and and the the need for possession of the ball. I want to see a two man game with Mikhail and, and Book, where you know you've got Mikhail can drive, kick it to Book, or vice versa. the The ability that Mikhail has shown to pass the ball now has, I think, will open up a lot. And I agree with you, though. I don't think it makes Cam Johnson expendable because you need that spot up shooter, that the three point threat. But what it does is I think you can shift your focus into in what you're looking for, and maybe it's not as much you need a backup guard, but you could look for just bench scoring or you know, potentially a backup power forward where you're not playing Dario in that position as often or, or limiting Torrey Craig's minutes. I think it changes the landscape of what you might be looking for at the deadline. I would say this. Um, the one thing you're going to look for for Mikhail is when Booger does come back, he remains aggressive. Yeah. Because if he remains aggressive and can still shoot at this high clip, then he becomes a valuable, valuable asset offensively. <laughs> and teams will not listen. What, what You're going to have to pick your poison. Imagine a lineup 
where you have Book, Cam, Mikhail, DA, and Chris Paul on the floor at the same time. <laughs> All five of them can kill you in different ways. And that's when this team goes up another level. And so we've been clamoring for, you know, the the not the twins, but uh, DA and Mikhail to step up. Mikhail has stepped up. Uh, DA didn't, he was, DA was solid tonight. DA was very solid tonight. I know defensively there was some lapses here and there, and he just flat-footed and didn't go chasing rebounds a couple times until Scotty Barnes got in the way, and then things changed a little bit. Still need a little bit more defensively, but I thought offensively he was just fine. He was solid all the way around. They looked for him down low. He had plenty of opportunities, made some great passes out of the block, um, and so I thought he was solid overall. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to Mikel, though, I, I am really, like you said, Espo, very curious to see what it looks like when Book does come back. I hope that Monty puts him in positions to be just as successful as we've seen him be here as of late, <coughs> even when Devin comes back. I'd also like to see, like like you said, seeing him and Book out there at the same time, not really relying on Point Book as much, but relying a little bit more on Point Mikel. Because one of the things that also really stood out tonight was some of the passes from Mikel, right? He, had, he finished with six assists, so not like crazy Chris Paul type level, but they were beautiful. Some of them mm -hmm. were really gorgeous. There was that leading pass that he had to Damian Lee, uh, pick and roll with DA, and even some lob passes. Like, the growth that we're seeing from Mikel being able to handle the ball in that way is so awesome. And I think it opens up a whole nother element of this team come playoffs, too. If we can rely on now three different guys who can effectively handle the ball. Well, and it makes Chris Paul more of a shooting threat, too. We saw him tonight four of seven from three-point land. But that's what Monty was trying to get. Chris to do more of was off the ball spot up shooting. He's shown more of a propensity to hit those shots now. So if you've got him out there, but Mikhail's handling the ball and you wind up getting him open looks, this offense becomes more dynamic than it was last year, in particular in the playoffs. It became very one-dimensional. If you doubled Chris Paul, uh, it became problematic. They've solved that issue. So we, we bag on Monty for adjustments game to game, but long-term adjustment, we now see an answer and a path to where they can avoid what was one of the major pitfalls in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of the best things that I saw tonight uh, come out around Mikhail Bridges was apparently there was like an alternative broadcast or something on the NBA app or the ESPN <laughs> app that had Bill Walton on it. And he said on that that we're going to need to name the next bridge Mikhail here in Phoenix. Now, granted, I don't know many bridges that we have here in Phoenix, but my question is, what what do you think we should name after Mikel here he, in this city when it's all said and done? He said, we need to name the next bridge after. <laughs> He's got this like just, just this weird ass delivery. I love Bill Walton. It was one of the worst Bill Walton impressions ever. <laughs> I, I know it, but he's got. He does have a very like specific voice. Throw it down, yeah, big man. Like I, I, I love Bill Walton, but some of the things you're like, what the? I'd name anything after Mikhail the way he's playing right now. Like if he continues to play this way, he leads him to. Uh, it's a victories in the playoffs and they do something that we haven't expected uh, throughout the beginning half of this season. Uh, I'll name whatever the hell he wants named after him if they get a Larry O'Brien. So, is, uh, go, ahead. Go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, is there anything you guys would want to be named your, your name to be put on? Yeah, I, I really, I think it would I be awesome theory. to have like the street in front of an arena 
renamed after you because you've done something like Tarasi way. Yeah, that I'm sure uh, eventually, uh, you know, uh, Al McCoy will have something like that after, uh, you know, when he retires, like those kind of things. Do they not, don't they call the media room? Yeah, they the call the Al McCoy media room. I have a urinal named after me in the building <laughs> for my time there. You know, things like that are special. So. Better urinal than toilet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I pissed a lot of people off, but I wasn't shitty while I was there. there, so. you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that was clever. That was a good there one, Espo. I'll give you that one. Um, I don't know. I feel like a street name is obviously the most like normal one these days. The one that everyone kind of is able to make happen, even if it's just for a short period of time. I don't um, know. Like I, I don't, a, a bridge would feel weird. I keep thinking like, what, what would, what's, what's like everlasting? And there's not really anything like you can put a statue up, but by over time it's gonna go away. Like I mean, most streets I something to last forever. I feel like a street could last forever. So do you want like the deep answer? Maybe a nothing, planet. A planet. I'd like a planet named after planets me. Planets get destroyed. Yes. Like stars no, no, no. destroy. Yeah, but planets no. last for millions and billions <laughs> of years. I actually have another a planet. One. I'd want an animal at the zoo named after me. I think that'd be pretty badass, or yeah. some kind of species of animal. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, did you know that right now at the Phoenix Zoo, you can um, get a cockroach named after you, oh, no. but they're going to feed that roach to a meerkat? Oh, see, that's something that could live forever, Saul, is a cockroach. <laughs> I'm so, that's facts. It really could. <laughs> that's major facts. Anyway, back to Mikhail Bridges. Uh, Would you like, like me said, to bring one from the zoo? To no, thank you. Please don't. <laughs> I will cry. <laughs> he had himself a night, and it was a heck of a lot of fun to watch. And for all of that, he is going to be our draft king, king of the game. As I mentioned, he finished with 29 points, six assists, and was 12 of 19 from the field. Congratulations, Mikhail Bridges, on being the name that being named the draft king, king of the game. None of us took, oh, we did take, you had Mikkel Bridges in your bet tonight. Unfortunately, it did not hit. It was close. <laughs> plus 5,000. If there was a night big. that Mikkel Bridges was close to getting a double-double tonight would have been that night for sure. I took a swing. I missed. It's all right. Well, you were close. Saul, you did win yours. Uh, both the bonus that DraftKings, well, mm -hmm. well, they gave you kind of like a security blanket almost, yeah. if yeah. you will. So the bet was obviously you took the money line, but... Even if the Suns hadn't have won tonight, because they were up by 10 at one point, you still hit your bet. Yep. Um, which is also just like a really cool thing that DraftKings does sometimes. We were kind of debating whether or not that was that I had that on my app earlier in the pregame show, oh. which I did have. And I also saw that tonight they had boosted same game parlays for all mm -hmm. NBA games as well. So moral of the story is, is if you're on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you've got to keep an eye out for all these cool little bonus perks that they have well, available. And now that I know that we're allowing these in the game, I'm going to be utilizing all those. There could be all sorts of crazy stuff I do to try to get back. I mean, you got to do what you got to do because <laughs> you're the only one who did not hit your no, bets tonight. I'm... Saul and I both hit our bets tonight. I took the old uh, trusted under Show DA, it, DA block. Let's go. Yeah. And so Show our leaderboard it. looks like. I dipped hey. below the bookman line tonight. Oh, no. Espo is in the red. Minus $3. Saul back in the positive at a plus $7.50. And I have topped 100 I'm so excited. I finally reached the hundreds at 112. I feel a heater coming 76. on. 76. 
So that's where we're sitting. Slow and steady wins the race, according to me. Uh, If you guys want to get in on the action on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that code PHNX when you download and sign up on DraftKings Sportsbook. Because when you use that code right now, new customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to Emma behind the Mac with the brilliant crown placement tonight. Yes, fantastic crown placement. Okay, okay. What if you had a beer named after you at Four Peaks? Do oh, I get to choose the flavor? Yeah, like, like okay, you, it yeah. could be like your brew. I'm in. I'm in. I feel like that would be kind of dope. We could probably make that happen, right? You don't I'll, think so? I'll call Max and, and <laughs> I'll just have them slap a label on one of the ones that are already made. We'll there you go. We've seen I, that done before. Yeah. So I think that would be a really cool, like if there was one thing that you could actually potentially accomplish um, I think that would be the thing that would be super cool. I love that she told us we're not going to be good enough to accomplish any of the other things. We've not said. you, not you specifically. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. You looked directly at me and you said, "If there's anything you can accomplish, <laughs> oh, it'd be I'm this." Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know many people outside of professional athletes and like really big names who've had streets named after them, Challenge but I have. Accepted heard of some people having collaborations with beer and things like that they so have. i feel like it could be something that we could absolutely there's a make collaboration happen. of beer sitting on our table right, right exactly the sun's brew so now we just got to move it on a little bit more which by um, the way if you want to get the sun's brew it's almost out everywhere it's uh, it's one of the hottest boxes in the in the in the state uh the one place i know for sure you can get it go to the a street pub they have it right there on the cooler you can walk in buy it and walk out And you you can get a shirt with that same logo on it, which is pretty sweet. Uh, Yeah, so check out Four Peaks, the brewery down in Tempe. Or if you are planning your your party for the Super Bowl, make sure you pick up a pack of Four Peaks beer. You'll be the best guest or the best host either way. Uh, Enjoy a nice Four Peaks beverage during the big game. But just a reminder, you do have to be 21 or older, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. All right, Espo, let's take a look inside the box. Uh, what's in the box? Not taking, what's gun. in the fucking box? A 114-106 victory is what's in the box. That's right. And a three-point shooting was a big part of the victory tonight for the Suns. They went 11 of 28 from deep. And the Raptors, well, they shot more, didn't make more. They went 9 of 33. So that was a big part of the victory tonight. Free throws. Actually, in the end, wound up being much closer than it looked earlier in this game as the Suns went 17 of 21 and uh, the Raptors went 17 of 19. And points in the paint were dead even. At one point late in the fourth, I was looking at the box score and they were neck and neck in almost everything. The only two categories the Suns had a lead in at that point were field goals made and three-point field goals made, but the free-throw discrepancy was big enough where it was a it was a one-point game late in that game, but the Suns pulled away and benefited from a lot of those intentional fouls by the Raptors there at the end. I mean, it was a solid overall performance. I, I, I did not like the way they came out of the second half, obviously, but, I mean, the numbers tell you that, you know, they were – they they matched uh, Toronto's aggressiveness with their own aggressiveness defensively to get themselves back – um, you know, with a firm grasp of the game. And uh, it, it was 
it was a good effort. I, I I think this is one of their better overall games of the season. I thought defensively they were they were pretty solid. Their their hands were in the passing lane, especially uh, Mikhail in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, four steals, I think, or three steals in the three. first quarter. Mm-hmm. He was amazing, and and he kind of set the tone again. That's why he was our DraftKings uh, Player of the Game because he was just awesome. And so I, I think I think as you, what you're starting to see is this team is starting to come together and understand their roles at a high enough level to where they can compete where they usually compete. Now, when they face like the tough, tough teams, it's, it's still going to be, it's, it's still going to be, uh, you know, like you're walking in mud, uh, until book gets back. But I do think that they have enough to compete with everybody at this point and not get blown out. Like we had been seeing, uh, far too often, uh, about, about a month ago, you know, one thing that did bother me a little bit, and I turned to, to Lindsay at one point in the fourth and said this, McHale has 16 in the first quarter, 23 in the first half, finishes with only 29 points. Uh, a few of those came late, late in that fourth quarter. I, I don't know, I and maybe you noticed something defensively that the Raptors changed, but it felt like McHale didn't take as many shots in that mm-hmm. second half. didn't really get the looks. And and that bothers me when he's got it going like that. He finishes with only 19 shots. I believe he only had six in the second half. I believe he had 13 in the first half. This is a night where I want to see Mikhail Bridges shoot more. You know, this is part of the learning process for him too, right? Is that when when you're not accustomed to being the dude and you get out there and you're shooting the way you are, you don't realize like, you have to be just as aggressive in in your moves with the ball um, to your teammates. Mm-hmm. Like you got to demand the ball. Like that would have never happened to Booker. Booker yeah. would have just gotten the ball. Plays would have got designed for him. But for whatever reason, things were going kind of going away. The zone had a little bit to do with it. They were doubling doubling a little bit, um, but not enough to really you know cause a lot of headache. And he had a lot of mismatches. And, and Eddie was pointing it out as as well. Like he had some mismatches down low on the block that they could have taken more advantage of, but for whatever reason they did not. And uh, and I thought that that was kind of an overwhelming theme, not just Mikhail. There was a couple times where D.A. had low block position. And I know everybody's going to be like, oh, blah, 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 D.A. Well, he missed those bunnies. Yeah, in the first half. But in the second half, he came through and he played well. And he had opportunities down low uh, with, with a, a, a mouse in the house with uh, Fred Van Vliet. And they, they didn't get it to him. And one time, Damian Lee straight up just didn't even look. He just went with the ball instead of passing the ball down low. Um, because I think that when that ball goes down low to DA, he can make that extra pass. We yeah. saw it uh, on, a, on a shot a, attempt for Cam Johnson. It was a kind of a hockey assist, and I thought that was beautiful. So, again, there's plenty of things that they can correct, but they are playing at a very high level right now. It's crazy that this team won with Torrey Craig and Cam Johnson combining for two of 14, uh, two of their three or two of their five starters. Uh, shooting that poorly, but that goes a long way to talk about how Mikhail shot and DA as well. Nine of 17 wasn't a bad night for him, 22 points, 13 rebounds. I mean, interesting night. You can see how the Raptors were were in this till the end because some of the holes in what the Suns did, but overall, a a pretty solid performance. You know, I'll say this. Uh, One of the things that um, 
I lost my train of thought because we had somebody come in the door. I was like, oh, what was I thinking? I can't remember. No, well. Well, I will bring up the bench points tonight. So 38 to 15 in favor of the Suns bench this evening. I really enjoyed. We didn't get to see a ton of Jock Landale, but we did get nine minutes. And I really enjoyed a lot of the time that we got to see Jock, especially when we got to see Jock and Dario out there at the same time. Um, I'm just really proud of this bench because, you know, we had talked about it just, even in like the Dallas game, right? It, we didn't have enough depth um, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Tonight, though, I feel like the bench showed up in the way that they were supposed to. They held it down when the starters were out. Even later in the game, we saw like almost a full bench lineup, I believe. Yeah, yeah it, was a little, it was a little shaky at the beginning <laughs> of the fourth quarter. And Espo had pointed was. this out before about why are they going with five bench dudes to start off the fourth? Because Mikhail was sitting, DA was sitting, CP3 was sitting. Um, and I, I still don't understand why they are doing that. Like they should have at least one of those three out there on the floor. Uh, and it was a little, it was a little shaky. I mean, they didn't get blown out, but you know, they, they didn't extend the lead. They maintained and that's what they're doing mm-hmm. right now. And folks, I'm sorry. There's two points I'm about to make and both of them are not going to sound good. One that might've been the last of Saban leaves. You're going to see because yeah. he's on the end. He's at the end of his two, uh, uh, 10 day contract, a second 10 day contract, and they can't get a third. So they either have to sign him or basically they have to let him go. Uh, and then Tory Craig, uh, it's sad to say right now, but he's not playing very well and he has not been scoring the ball hardly at all. He's almost a non factor on the offensive side of the ball and he's not even looking for his shots anymore. It's a little concerning, especially as you look at the path ahead. It's got to be a power forward that they try to get in here. It's got to be a power so. forward. Well, right. everything we've heard is that they are looking for both power forward and a point guard um, to kind of long-term Chris Paul, not short-term with Chris Paul. But everything else that we've heard is that the main priority, the number one thing that they're looking for is a power forward. So uh-huh. that's a positive. And then to your point earlier on in the show, if, if Mikel can handle some of those point minutes – then it kind of frees up your necessity or your need for another ball handler in the interim period. Like yeah. you can look, you can push that off maybe till next year. Well, I think the question also becomes how long is campaign actually out? Yeah. We haven't heard anything. If that's a long-term injury, you, you need to figure out guard scoring off the bench and, and potentially a third ball handler there because Dwayne Washington Jr. has been completely iced out. Mm -hmm. So I think that's pretty much done, Yeah, right, in in all likelihood. Uh, Maybe Saban Lee, uh, depending on how everything shakes out at the deadline, becomes that 15th roster spot guy if you're that comfortable with him being a backup ball handler. But there's power forward is that glaring weakness. I think you're 100% right, Saul. And I just think they've overused Torrey Craig. Mm-hmm. To the point where he's ineffective right now. Yeah, he definitely needs to go back to the bench. Well, in he, my opinion. Yeah, I, and he may need a handful of games off to just try to get back to where he yeah. can be effective. I because mean, he's he's done he's done really well in the role that we have asked mm-hmm, of him mm-hmm. at least up to this point, right? I, maybe not recently, but at the start mm-hmm. of the season. So you can't knock him like he's playing a role mm-hmm. that he's not supposed to be playing. Sure, and he's doing his very best at it. So, but to your point, you're absolutely right. We do need to bring somebody else in who can relieve some of that pressure off of Tory Craig. 
allow him to be a backup power forward, which he might thrive better at. You got to remember he'll move to the bench when Book comes back too, because you go Booker, Cam, McHale, and DA with Chris Paul. So that's true. But shout out to the bench; they got things done tonight. Um, All and like you said, maintaining that's 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 the at least the bare minimum, right? But that's important. It's very important because we don't need to go into the negative whenever we give our starters a little bit of rest. Um, listen, we're talking, we're going to talk more Suns basketball here in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about more furniture. So right now, more furniture has a deal only for PHNX listeners. Okay. So you have to visit the more furniture on the cross streets of 44th and McDowell in Phoenix and use promo code PHNX. And when you use that promo code, you're going to get free delivery and installation on any purchase of $999 or more. This is not available online, and this is a limited time offer that is only valid until January 31st, which is tomorrow, and it's exclusively, again, for PHNX listeners, so make sure you guys take advantage of it right now. More Furniture has fantastic furniture. There's something for every room in your house, whether you're looking for an upgrade before maybe a Super Bowl party that you'll be hosting, or if you're just looking for an upgrade, because why not? Spring is just around the corner. You maybe want to start spring cleaning a little early, get rid of an old couch in with a new couch. Uh, More furniture is the place to go. So like I said, 44th Street and McDowell, use that code PHNX um, and get yourself some fantastic furniture. Also, while we're talking about really fantastic things, let me tell you about the Underdog Fantasy app. The Underdog Fantasy app is so much fun because it does daily fantasy sports different. Now, my favorite part of the Underdog Fantasy app is the Pick'em. I've told you guys this before, but it is so simple. Like, if you're not a huge fantasy sports person, this is the app for you to make fantasy sports like your thing. Because with the Pick'ems, all you have to do is pick higher or lower. So it could be points, it could be rebounds, whatever stats you're looking for, and you just pick whether you think that player will have higher or lower, whatever stat for that night. And you can add legs to the pickums as well and up your chance to win even more money. So if you guys have not yet checked out the Underdog Fantasy app, two ways to get on Underdog, right? Underdogfantasy.com, you can download the app. Well, whichever way you sign up, make sure you're using that promo code PHNX because when you use that code, Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. Okay, so we had a couple of people ask if there are any new trade rumors around the Suns right now. We did talk a lot about it in the pregame show. There's so many rumors that have been up, right? Jay Crowder meeting with the Bucks. Um, Kobe White's name got thrown out. The Bucks longstanding or or uh, basically just forever offer until the trade <laughs> deadline is up. The rumors around Rui Hachimura and something falling through between the Suns and the Bucks and a whole bunch of things over the last handful of days. But which ones have stuck out to you guys the most? Yeah, after tonight, it's definitely the Siakam. The Siakam one that everybody's trying to push into existence. Mm-hmm. I think everybody kind of got a nice little glimpse of why that's not the best move. Okay. Uh, because... Much like, listen, if you, I, I've, I've talked to several people from the Toronto area. We've seen people from the Toronto area in our chat literally saying, if you are frustrated with Aiden, you're going to be just as frustrated with Siakam because he has the same up and downs. Now, mm-hmm. uh, percentage wise, like his numbers will tell you that uh, a, a different story. 
Like they will, they'll tell you that he's been a solid player all year. Well, but yeah, I'm telling you tonight, like you kind of got a microcosm of what it was. Like it, he did not shoot very well. There were some opportunities there that he didn't take advantage of. And I can see why people would be a little bit upset if you're a Toronto Raptors fan and, and thinking that you should get more out of Siakam. So uh, for the amount of trade that the Raptors are probably going to require to get him, I'm good. Pass. I think John Collins is starting to pique my interest just because of the Suns' needs. Now, I know this is a very outside chance and likely won't be a guy that they bring in, but looking at that, that's the kind of high-risk, low-reward, or to be low-risk, high-reward kind of move that I, I would consider making. A, a guy that could come in have an impact uh, offensively to a lesser scale. Eric Gordon, KJ Martin, I mean, continues to kind of be on the fringe and those two guys would slide nicely. And now I don't know that that's a game changer, but if we continue to see what we're seeing from McHale and Cam and you get book back, maybe you don't need a complete game changer. Maybe you just need those additional pieces to fill in the gaps. Uh I'm going to throw a curveball right now. Okay. I have never been in this camp. I never thought I would be. But honestly, there's a there's a part of me that feels like maybe a little bit, since you can control it, why not see Biz and DA out on the court at the same time or DA and Jock out there on the, on the court at the same time? Like, I kind of am intrigued by... DA not playing center at in spurts. I'm not talking about the whole game. I'm not talking about star. I'm talking about two or three minutes here and there just for a little bit, just to see how it feels. That's all. That's all. Have, I want to see that. Have we seen that at all? I know we've seen Biz and jo or Biz and DA on the court at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but not very often. It was a very short amount of yeah. time, and it was a earlier on in the season. Yeah. It was like literally maybe two minutes. Yeah. It, it was. And it a, didn't work. Not at all. It was, but again, like, I'm, I'm, watching everything that I've been watching, I'm like, man, maybe maybe the Suns did fuck this up and tried to force him to be a center. And maybe you should give the guy a little bit of run at the four. If anything, what I what I think may happen is, because he's always wanted to be a four, DA. Get it out of your system. Maybe if, if, if Monty just gave him a little bit more, said, you know what, we'll, we'll play at the four. Maybe it just re-energizes him because it does look like to me that da is going through it. it it looks like he is frustrated um a lot of you know it, it, mikhail was yelling at him today um and you know i don't even know what they were talking about and da was just he kind of listened to it and then he just kind of went to the bench and it's kind of like the other night with with book and he was yelling at him and then he just kind of went to the bench and I don't know. I don't know what's being said behind closed doors. I don't know what DA's hearing, but I can't imagine it's all gravy. And he just looks like he's kind of going through it right now. He's fight. He's trying to find that joy wherever that is. I just it do, it really does look like DA's not enjoying playing basketball right now. But what is moving him to the four? Like that's what, what he's that been saying. Like? He wants no, no, to no, play no. the four. I, I get that. That you doing it would give him what he wants. I'm okay. just trying to understand what it looks like. Like where are we? Is he standing in the corner more and, and shooting threes? Like, the way the system's set up, we've seen Tory, we've seen Cam, 
Mikhail at times has slid into that Dario. spot. Dario, it's it's a lot of on the perimeter and and slashing. What does DA as a four look like out there is what I can't get my mind around. Yeah, honestly. I mean, then that's that's one of those things that you got to find out. You know, well, the goal it, is and, that he would look like what he looked like in college. Yeah, that would be the that ultimate would be goal. The ideal. And, and, and I'll say this, right? So. So when I when I was in college and I was in my my second year in college, um, I absolutely thought that our guards were trash, <laughs> and and uh, and I I preached and prayed that I could play the point, and my coach would never let me play point. He always wanted me to play the two, but I was a point in high school. I wanted to play point. One game, I got to start at point against Central Arizona College, and I had a triple double. And I had my best game in my career, I thought, because I was so juiced to be able to play point because I, I wanted to prove a point. And then I never saw the I never saw the point position again after that, <laughs> even though we won the game. I'm just saying, Coach okay. Mendez, what the fuck? It's like, Coach, if you're listening right now, you done screwed he, up. He still got some eligibility in those knees. I no, think he can go back in a little bit. <laughs> no. But look, I yeah, I just... I get how it would help his mentals. I just don't get how it would work in Monty's system. And as as we've seen, adjusting not Monty Strong's. Suit. No, it's not Monty Strong's suit. But listen, he he was. I I want to say he was on the coaching staff, or, or maybe he just missed it. Where uh, he had Tim Duncan and Tiago Splitter in the same lineup at the same time from time to time, and they made it work. So he he's seen it work before. So. You know, Boo Boo's brother, he just got a max deal. Why would he not be happy? I'm sorry, brother, but money doesn't bring you happiness all the time. Sure, it relieves some stress when it comes to your financials, but it's not the cure to happiness. I don't I don't no. give a shit um, what the situation is. Sometimes it brings more pressure and it brings added stress that you just were not ready for. And I think DA's maybe going through a little bit of that. I'm not sure. Hello says, I'd say DA at the four if he had better handles. Do you think that could become a major issue playing DA at the four? Uh, yeah, to a degree, to a degree. But uh, listen, in the system that you would try to develop around him or try to try to modify things with him for, um, you wouldn't be asking him to bring the ball up or anything like that. You know, he, he, he tonight. There was a couple times where he he dribbled, and man, there was a couple times where I thought he was just going to take his guy off the dribble. But he stopped and then he handed the ball off. So, I don't yeah. know. I to me, I I actually feel more in, in in the other side of things that he needs to learn how to be a better five. I'm reading a whole piece in Sports Illustrated right now about the future of the center position and and the the past of it, Hakeem and and some of these things. I I feel like if he just honed some of those skills down there he'd be able to dominate in the way that he wants to. Mm-hmm. A- and I wish he'd put the focus on that. Stop bringing the ball down. When you get that close to the rim, dunk it rather than, I mean, there was that one where he went up tonight and he basically threw it into the front of the, of the rim from five feet out. Like I, I wish there was somebody they could bring in to work with him on the little details, the finer points uh, of being that big, where he could find the joy in doing that and doing that well right now rather than trying to have to reinvent what this offense looks like and what his role in this offense is to try to placate what he's looking for. But you're right. Right now it feels like something has to give with him to tap into into who he is and who he wants to be long-term. 
All right. Going back to uh, more trade rumors and things of that sort, one that I find really intriguing um, that I think is worth at least, I'm not saying that I want it to happen, but it is one that I feel like is worth keeping an eye on is, of course, OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors. He didn't play tonight, but that I feel like that name has been connected with the Suns pretty much this whole time. It feels like we've been talking about OG quite a bit as as someone the Suns might have their eyes on because of what it would cost is the hesitation more than anything. Um, But I do think it's worth keeping an eye on. But in my head, what I'm thinking will actually come to fruition is some sort of a move with the Bucks, whether that's a three team deal or just the Bucks and the Suns figuring it out, because it seems like from all the reports and rumors we've heard, it's the Bucks who really have the most interest in Jay Crowder. Yeah, my thing with OG is, I mean, him, McHale, Cam, Cam Johnson, all very much same size, similar, you know, uh, what you look at long term with them. If you're trading one of those guys for OG and you're not getting like a Gary Trent or something else in that, Aren't you just kind of shuffling deck chairs mm-hmm. at that point? You're like, eh, maybe this will look a little prettier in this order. Uh, I don't know that it changes massive uh, fortunes here. Now, Bucks, Suns, Houston with you know Eric Gordon, KJ Martin, some kind of three way there. Uh, all of a sudden, maybe again that that helps you. But I don't know that the big fish is out there that that they're gonna gonna wind up going after. Code does bring up a good point, and damn it, if this isn't the only reason why you should bring an OG. OG would make me feel more confident going up against Luca. I yeah, mean, that's kind of an important. That one is to go a against. very important one because that dude. Yeah, no, nobody on this team has an answer for him. So bringing OG in a little bit more of a bulkier, um, lengthier guy that can hold up against a guy like Luca. Yeah, that's not a that's not a bad that's not a bad suggestion. I know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I guess we'll find out sooner rather than later. We're what, 10 days away? Almost it's nine. A, yeah, yeah from, nine days, 10 days away. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. And then the other little rumor uh, that popped up today actually came from our very own Espo, and it was about Steve Nash. Do you want to read the tweet again? No, you can, can, you can just tell us this time. You can so, just tell us this time. So I heard from a, uh, <laughs> a, a source. Source. This is what I'll I'll call it a source. Did you just that, call the number? Yeah, the I just I just called. I was like, "Hey, hey is, is Steve uh, Nash Steve there? Oh, he yeah. is. Oh, cool. yeah. Wow, what a what a what a coinky dig. Like I'm no, looking uh, for my dad. So, Can you see if he's there? <laughs> a source uh, told me that Steve Nash was in Michigan today at the UWM headquarters. That's of course Matt Ishbia's mortgage company uh, in Michigan. And the presumption is he was meeting with Matt Ishby. I can't imagine he just wandered into the UWM headquarters and was like, hey, mortgage me. All right. There's a, that wasn't what happened. But the <laughs> is question that is. what you say when you need to get <laughs> I do. Mortgage. I just want hey, to mortgage, mortgage me. me. <laughs> Give me the best rate. I mean, Which when one you've got you? Steve Nash money, maybe that is what you do. I don't <laughs> mortgage know. Mortgage me. Never been I'm there look, before. I'm looking for 0.4% uh, on, my, on my mortgage. But uh, it, so I don't know exactly what the nature of the presumed meeting was, but it, whether it was Matt Ishbia is just trying to talk to people and get a feel for what it's like to be an owner, what he should look at in this market since Steve is familiar with it, or if it's about p- 
potentially their ownership or some kind of position with the team. What I do like is the fact that he is having conversations with a guy like a Steve Nash that means so much to this organization, this fan base, who knows this game so well. Uh, it, it doesn't speak of some of these guys, including the disgraced future former owner of the team, come in with a lot of arrogance and think they know better than everybody. This, to me, says this is a guy that understands you have to have people that you trust in this game that know the game better than you, and it's all right that people know the game better than you and lean on them. So hopefully Steve Nash becomes one of those one of those confidants. I know he's not the only guy that has gone through the UWM uh, offices over the last month or two with basketball ties. I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, So this is a good, good thing for Suns fans. I did do a tinfoil hat episode if you want to check that as, out as well. But uh, what do you guys think? What do you think Steve Nash's role could be for this franchise and what would be the best way uh, to kind of utilize a Suns legend like that? You know, I'm not so sure. Um, it's hard to speak about. Everybody wants to feel like they're, they're legends and the the guys that thrived at a very high level have this keen insight on how to run and build an organization. But that's not always true. Look at Michael mm -hmm. Jordan and the Hornets. Like, they can't win to save their life. They can't even make it to the playoffs most years. And he's the greatest basketball player of all time. You know what I mean? Like, I know there's some exceptions. And guys like Steve Kerr, are a little bit of the opposite, right? But Steve Curry even failed uh, by most accounts here in, in Phoenix, and then he got the opportunity in Gold State, and he thrived. Like, I, I'm not sure what to make of Ma uh, of Nash. Obviously, he was dealt a very tough hand in Brooklyn. It seems like he had everything at his disposal, but we've seen how that worked out, and it wasn't very, it wasn't a, a very good situation. So, I think uh, an advisory role. Um, without having the pressure of being the ultimate decision maker would, would probably be best for right now. And so you kind of get a feel for some of the, the things that he suggests and where those end up going. Um, but I, I wouldn't say anything more than that. It would make me very nervous if all of a sudden Steve Nash was like, you know, the number two to James Jones or, or, or somehow above him in some capacity or, or in the other, or the organization somehow, some way. I, I don't think I'd like that. I think it depends on what Steve Nash learned from his first head coaching experience in the NBA. He might not even want to be a coach anymore. Low key. Who knows? It yeah, might've been that much it. of a awful experience for him. Um, but I would, if I was, selfishly choosing what I would like Steve Nash to do. I would want him to have some similar role that he did with the Warriors as far as player development. I mean, think about it. We are coming towards the end of Chris Paul's career. Mm -hmm. The goal is to bring in somebody who can be the, success the successor to Chris Paul. What better players to learn from than having Chris Paul be your veteran on the court and Steve Nash being the guy helping you develop off? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I like that idea. Ideally for me, I think it's small ownership stake with a consulting kind of uh, position like Saul's saying and kind of the opportunity to just put Matt Ishbia back in the good graces. And with the future knowledge that, Steve, if you want to get back into coaching in a development role or, or on the bench somehow in the future, maybe we can look at that. Uh, but... I don't I, I don't want to see Matt Ishbia first move hire Steve Nash to somehow be part of 
of uh, Monty Williams' bench because I saw it play out multiple times in my time with the Suns where this guy would get put on a coach's bench and in that back row, and all of a sudden, four or five months later, the coach he's, gets the boot. He's basically shanking the coach and taking his position. Lindsey Hunter did this. Uh, Earl uh, Lindsey Hunter did it in a, a an undermining way. Uh, Earl Watson did it to a lesser extent. Where, to uh, to Jeff Hornacek, Hornacek uh, Jeff did plenty to himself as well. But uh, but I don't want that kind of dynamic mm-hmm. right out the gates for Matt Ishby. I would like to see Nash as more of an advisory thing than on the bench. I want the former sons that feel like they were alienated by the previous group um, to feel welcome, yeah. to feel yeah. to come back. Um, I want them to feel like they have um, a role in the organization, even though even if it's not hands-on, just being part of the community and stuff like that. Um, but I don't think being part of an ownership group or being part of the decision-making process is for everybody. Not every legend gets a seat at the table, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, cause some of them are just not built for it and they don't have the right mindset for it. So, you, you know, you got to pick and choose and be careful. Um, you open up the doors, but you know, the keys to the secret safe uh, are only for a few. Yeah. I mean, that's like the biggest thing is that at the very least come back in as just like an honored guest in this arena, right? Mm -hmm. Feel like you're welcome to be here anytime you want to roll through. We got seats here for you. Yeah, be be there and help them unveil the actual physical ring of honor. Yeah, like whatever it may be, just just know that you are always welcome in this building and that you will be treated with respect and you'll be treated with kindness and we'll be happy to have you here. Like that's half the battle because Lord knows previous regimes didn't do the best job of maintaining mm. relationships with really, really loved players. Can I put a caveat on through. that? Yes, the Morai, sure. not welcome. <laughs> they're on the, they're the only two on the list. I said loved players. Loved, all right. Yes. Okay. Fine, yeah, exactly. Fine. Not, not just anybody and everybody <laughs> that can come through. Um, real quick. I, can I respond to something in the chat? Yeah, of course. So in the chat, somebody in the chat said, please, Steve Kerr's overrated. Anybody could win with Curry. Actually, that's not true because Mark Jackson tried and failed multiple times. Oh. It took Steve Kerr to come in with his staff and kind of change their offense to a more free-flowing offense for that to actually thrive at a very high level. Like, come on, let's let's not be crazy about this. Last year, I thought was Steve Kerr's possibly best coaching job um, because, yeah, you have Steph, but all the other pieces were struggling too. Andrew Wiggins didn't thrive in Minnesota or Cleveland. He got to the Warriors and all of a sudden found another level. He was a key piece last year. Like there's a lot of these other players that were developed through that system to play at a very high level. Like you can't undermine Kirby because you have two great players in Clay and 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 Steph and obviously Draymond Green and just think that, oh, that's the only reason why they're winning. There's a lot of other teams. The, the Brooklyn Nets had KD, Kyrie, and Harden, three of the best players of all time, didn't win shit. So it's not it's not easy. Well, and Michael Jordan had two coaches before Phil Jackson didn't win a title. Mm-hmm. Sometimes change of scenery can actually help a situation, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole tonight. I want to tell you guys about the Game Time app because Sweet. the Game Time app is the best place for you to save 60%, up to 60% on tickets when you buy 60? them last minute. Yes. Wow. It's literally like the best 
app, the website that there is, because it literally rewards you for procrastinating, which normally is a negative thing. We're all trying to break that habit, right? But sometimes you just get a little spontaneous. Sometimes you just come up with last minute plans. You have more energy on a Saturday night than you thought you were actually going to have. You want to go see a concert. You want to go to a game. Procrastination pays on the Game Time app up to 60% off when you buy your tickets last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this show. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Pod. Wherever you wherever you listen to our content or watch our content at, the, descript- the link's always in the description. We even put it in the chat to make it even more easy for you guys. Yeah, our, uh, our friend from PHNX Coyotes, Leah Merrill, is from Toronto, and she looked at the Game Time app before she left here tonight, $12 tickets to get into Suns Raptors, but I lied and told her they were all sold out because we didn't need any Toronto fans in the building tonight. That so. was a smart move. But $12 tickets, like that's fantastic. And that is only over at the Game Time app. And like I said, the link is in the description of this show. You know what else is really fun? Us. Golfing. <laughs> you know who's going golfing tomorrow? This guy over here, Saul Buckman. Oh, you're going to yeah, wear your bad birdie stuff? Uh, we'll see. We'll see if I can remember to put it on when I wake up at 6 o'clock in the fucking morning. <laughs> Thanks, EJ. Um, yeah, but but usually, yes, I do wear my, my bad birdie merch. It's nice and comfortable. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'll probably be bundled up because it'll be cold as shit. But um, once it warms up, I'll, I'll throw off the hoodie and, and wear that quarter zip. That's nice and breathable, and it just looks good. They just dropped six new designs, uh, de- or I'm sorry, six new polos, three new quarter zips, and two new hats on the Bad Birdie site, which is badbirdiegolf.com. And if you want to save yourself a little bit of money, all you got to do is use that code PHNX underscore sports15 for 15% off on your next purchase from Bad Birdie. Does, so do that and enjoy. Does Bad Birdie have uh, umbrellas and rain gear? Wait, is it going to rain tomorrow? Yeah, it's <gasps> oh, it's a forty no. percent chance from six a.m. through so, noon. Oh, you're going to get rained out on the golf course. <laughs> so good luck with that. So. Oh no! <laughs> All right. Well, no, I did fuck. just get word from <laughs> Gerald that he is waiting on Mikhail, the man of the hour. Of course, Mikhail goes off and has a fantastic game, and then takes his time, bro. To be uh, talking Bro. with the media. Uh, hold on. He scored 23 points faster than he's getting ready. He to, totally did. To, he uh, really did, though. That's pretty sad. 16 points faster than I think it even took him to get in the locker room. Tonight. I mean, you might. Pretty asinine. Um, Gerald, just make up the quotes and get in here. All right? <laughs> right? We already know what he's going to say. Had a great so game. I, one thing that was really cool. Toby Mason, we only got said, 10 minutes now. <laughs> um, I don't know if my. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But one thing that I thought was really cool is D.A. was talking to Mikkel after the game and uh, was talking about how or maybe he said something. D.A. was telling Devin on the bench after Mikkel's uh, late game jumper from the elbow. Those are your plays. He was telling he was talking to Devin saying Mikkel is like playing your plays or running your plays right now. And uh, the set. They named it McElbo. Get it? Because he was shooting from the elbow. Yeah, but it's McElbo. the McElbo. Yeah, I get it. Gerald was really upset that he didn't think of that first. I thought they. I thought Gerald did uh, name that and went to Monty and go, "I've got the perfect name for you, Monty." Would it surprise? Like that? I'm surprised that honestly, I'm surprised nobody came up with that. 
at this point. The DA was the first one to come up with that name. No? Yes? <laughs> All right. Well, womp womp. I guess you win some and you lose some, but that one clearly did not hit for y'all. Sorry, Linz. <sighs> Well, what do you guys want to do? You want to wait for Gerald? You want to play? You might as well Let's play a game. for Gerald. Oh, I thought we had a game. We don't have a game. What oh. game did you think we had? I thought we had a game. Oh, well. Oh, well. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, seriously, what could we talk about? I mean, there's got to be something. I mean, there's 300 some odd people watching this right now. I don't think they want to see us tap dance. So there's got to be. We got a producer surprise. <laughs> Hello said they probably did know that name, but chose not to say it out loud. Yeah. Listen, maybe it hits better in written form than it does in spoken I form. Don't so. no, I don't think so. But I'm telling you, they're all mad they didn't come up with it. No. I, you, it's literally on Twitter right now. Blame them. Uh, Dagoon, that's way better. It's time for a Michelob. <laughs> mm. I like that one better than McElbo. Wrong. 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 Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Midkale Bridges. <laughs> Uh, you guys made me insecure salad? now. Now I feel insecure. I Why? tried to bring up this thing that I thought was cute, and y'all just completely were like, no. <laughs> fast, because it's Lindsay. not. No offense. It's just, it's lame. <laughs> and that's me saying that. So I am surprised that you're not on board with that. No. No, no, no. Okay. Emma, you got a producer surprise? Okay. Here's the thing I've had something in the works that I've been trying to get to all week. I don't want to spoil it because it's not done. Um, I can ask you guys. Like, a simple no would do. <laughs> I <laughs> wanted to explain to myself. Also, we, we're still waiting on. Are you? Are we waiting on Joe? Yeah, our viewers keep going up while we're tap dancing okay. like this. Well, <laughs> I don't know why. Um. Okay. Random question. What true life event do you wish there was a movie about? <clears throat> what true life event? That's Who I like, wish there was a movie about. Yeah, like a true life event that hasn't <clears throat> had a movie made out of it that you would hmm. like to see in a movie. That is a great question. Okay, all right. I'm not going to try and get political here. And what I'm gonna sure know? there's going to be a movie about it at some point. Careful. <laughs> Saw. Eyes. I gotta, Careful. I, gotta, I, gotta, I think you guys all know what I, what I would like to see I as a movie. I don't know. I kind of want to see like a a, a movie of, uh, you know, what happened on January 6th. I mean, that wouldn't be a terrible movie, though. I'm sure a lot oh, of people would watch it one way or the other. Oh, you might hate watch it. You might love watch it. I don't yeah. know shit. I just, that whole thing fascinates me because of just the, the dynamics. There'll definitely everything. be a documentary of it at some point. Oh, there's already a documentary of it. Yeah. If Oh, there is? Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Um, true life event that I would like a movie made out of. Honestly, this one's kind of goofy, but like the Waste Management Phoenix Open is like an event. Mm -hmm. If they made a comedy of something that like went down at the Waste Management where it's like two goofballs like lost something at the Waste Management and had to try and get it back and the whole kind of like a like a fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but sort of but Waste Management Phoenix Open. I feel like it could be a really good movie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things for me. I think one, I read this fantastic book on the behind the scenes of Coca-Cola in the 80s. 
and it was like chaos and all sorts of crazy things. I think it would make a a fascinating film. That was, if somebody, that was about Coke, not Coca Cola. It was about Coca Cola. <laughs> oh, okay, right. yeah. Same thing no, at that point. Uh, it was all fascinating in the and 80s. Then, then there was this bear that ate a bunch of cocaine. No, oh, that's actually a movie that's coming. <laughs> oh, out. I can't wait for that one. Uh, that that was spectacular. Good. No, uh, I from a, I don't know. I think that was probably the most interesting. But I'd love to see some dramatic retelling of the the '90s of the NBA. You know, the Jordan years, everything that came with that. I mean, we all watched Last Dance in part because we were all locked in our homes and it was the only thing that resembled sports. But uh, it was such a fascinating story. I think you could do some uh, interesting stuff there. Okay, so we have a couple. Oh, you got got another one? Go ahead. You just got to speak up. You can't just... You got to say things when you open your mouth. (laughs) Now that you called me out, I fucking forgot it. Great. Way to go, guys. All right. Oh, 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 oh. Um... What's the most overrated candy out there? Like, if you were at a gas station and you're getting candy, what's one thing they're like, why the fuck is it Snickers. here? What the? Get out. No, you get out. You get off my you set right now. You get out, Espo. That's a close second for me. Re- oh, God. You guys are the Snickers awful. are the best. No, Reese's are awful. so overrated. Chocolate I'm is sorry. mid as fuck. Can we agree that he needs to leave now? Yeah. yeah. He also <laughs> thinks cheeses. So this his is opinion facts. So on your food opinions doesn't on food matter. literally yeah. cannot be trusted Look, whatsoever. I'm sorry. Cheese is mid. Like, you see what we're dealing with, you guys? Do you see what we're dealing with? You know, the, the- Telling us that cheese and chocolate are mid foods. Like, what's a top tier food then? Chicken wings. Top tier. Let's Ooh, go. Who gets that at a gas station? Do you get cheese at a gas station? That's you can get a string cheese at a gas station, actually. You, you can you, also get you nachos. You actually say, you know what? I'm going to go to the gas station Bro, and get driving, cheese. Yes. Bro, are you serious? Cheese, you've never had string gas, cheese. You've you can't never even qualify had gas that as station cheese. nachos, or you've never put nacho cheese from a gas station in like a Frito bag first with of other all, stuff in it? First of all, who are you? that nacho cheese is not even cheese. It's, it's not even real cheese. nacho Cheese. Oh, oh my God. What? That's not real cheese. You can't say that's cheese. It's nacho cheese. I. It's not look, Joe cheese. I, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I know it's not technically candy. Lame. But the the Twinkies and the. Oh, the, yeah. The those cupcake, are way overrated. That stuff's overrated. The, the zebra the, ones the are Twinkies, good, but beyond uh, that. Yeah, zebra cakes are elite, but moon, everything else is Moon bad. pie. Elite. Not many gas stations have it. If you see it. Pick it up. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Moon pies aren't terrible. Moon pies aren't bad. Gross. Okay. Um, if you had the choice between knowing when you were going to die oh, or how you were going to die, which one would you choose? Do you Can have I to pick that? one? Either? Yeah, I don't no, you have know to, I, You have to pick one. Are you choosing like the time and date or are you choosing how? I feel the like I would choose date. how. No. See, if you knew how... You would be constantly afraid that any time that situation came up could be the last time and you'd live your life in fear. I think if you knew the exact time and day you were going to die, you'd maximize the time that you had. That's fair. That's not. Mm, yeah. Like, like if you if you if because if, if you find out you're going to die in like a car accident, you're never going to want to drive ever again. Ever. And that's going to ruin your whole ever. life. Yeah. That's true. I, I, I guess I guess how i guess the day but damn that's maybe that would suck if you like roll the dice and it was like tomorrow you're like oh shit what 
You're like, I'm oh, not ready. No. I think I'd much rather know the time just so that way, like, I know how long I'm going to live. No, because you will constantly think. Nah. It's Dog, like, nothing's real. It's like you're on nothing's death row. Real. Yeah. Oh, speaking of death row, what would your last meal be? Oh, I think th- I think last meals in prison are probably the most overrated thing ever. Okay, well, what would it be? Mine would be string cheese and and uh, a pile of cheese and Reese's. Uh, and then I'd invite Saul to come have the meal with me. In, in, in the words of Daniel Tosh, uh, I'd eat Taco Bell because you guys are about to clean some shit up. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You know, I, actually, I think I would, I think I would, uh, I, I'm not supposed to give out free advertising, Matt, you know. Or oh, just Max is gonna kill me, but Frost Gelato. I'd be like, I want fourteen gallons of their toasted marshmallow. I am going to gorge myself on this if I'm if I'm on my way out. Yeah. I, th- it would be so hard. I would need like one of all of my favorite things. I'm like a grazer kind of person. Like, I want to have... She takes six days to eat her final No, but for real, though. Like, like a charcuterie board, but of all my favorite foods, basically. So, like, you'd have to have... I'd like a crudite of my favorite foods, You'd have to have some pizza in there. Then you have to have, like, some banana cream pie. You need a steak. Maybe some shrimp. That's not a meal. But I would want all of the things. But that's not a meal, Lindsay. You always do this. You always divert... To modify it to the way you want it, even though it's not so the question what? that was asked. Because it's her life. She's yeah. not the last it. meal. This is my world. They would so literally say, uh, no, pick one of those. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they would. No, I Have you seen let documentaries you do on what things. people choose for the last they meal? They let you do like a bunch of random things if yeah. you want what? that. Yeah, dead ass. Yeah. There's a documentary on last meals in prison? Dead ass. You're full of shit. Want Look it up, bet? bro. But how much we want to bet? Why'd you say last meals in prison as if there's another option? Like where else where else do you get the option? What if you're on fucking meal? hospice and you know you're about to go? Well, that's a last meal, isn't it? You don't really know the exact time when you're in but hospice. That's also, you don't know that. Have you ever been? That's also I've a very different situation. People, so have I. That's a very different situation. You asked about last meals. I'm just yes, saying. But that is a very different situation. <laughs> Okay, Listen, guess if- what, everybody? Gerald's almost here. He's setting up right now, so don't oh worry. God, you will be saved soon, I promise. Crying Stick out with loud. us. Did you, where is MCG Blues said uh, that crudite is just adult uh, Lunchables, which is freaking No, charcuterie. Or excuse me, charcuterie yeah, that's is just is. adult Lunchables. <laughs> that's pretty damn funny. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, well, Gerald's on his way, so don't you guys worry. He'll be here soon. Also, so, so, <laughs> real quick, can I just so do you a would quick... love a fountain of chocolate and cheese? No, at like a, an event, so you can just dip whatever you want into those two fountains because you love it so much. Where did that come from? Because you said you like cheese and chocolate. So zoo. Yeah, but I, I don't think that means that she wants to dip everything. No, I don't. I don't like that type. Like that's not my favorite type of cheese. Like fountain cheese and chocolate cheese is definitely not like the top level. Fountain cheese is nacho cheese, like at the gas station. No, it isn't. It can be. Yes, but I didn't say the gas station cheese was my favorite type of cheese. That was the first one you went to. Did you see what you did, Emma? I said. Did you see what you did? (laughs) Literally, it's good. This is what Gerald did. When can you go get cheese at a gas station? 
So and I said, "There's nacho cheese." Saul, <laughs> keep up. So you Zeus says, on. "Nobody goes to the gas station for cheese." So Zeus says, "I love everyone on the show. The most likable group ever." <laughs> But is anyone listening to hear them wait, talk wait, wait. about prison meals <laughs> he, or some? But he did say, oh, sorry, they're waiting for Gerald. I take back what I said. Oh, my God. Girth yeah, is taking so forever. Yeah, so if you guys have made it this long, we were just kind of stalling for Gerald because he was taking a really he long had to time go give to talk to, to shoulder Mikhail rubs. Bridges. <laughs> but... Um, Brittany Price says Chuck E. Cheese is just a kid's casino. I love, the, I love these uh, truths about life that, that we're getting to. <laughs> yeah, Gerald's not even here. I Where's swear, you? if Gerald doesn't get his you-know-what together and get on this show ASAP. Well, you know what we didn't tell anybody? We got a big announcement hurt. that's coming tomorrow. This do. is when you wanted to drop it right so, yeah, before why this. Not? Why We've been okay, waiting for this guy welcome for to an Gareth. hour. Woo. Yeah, let's go. In the darkness, <laughs> beyond the light, they can hear us. This fucking thing. I'm so ready for Girth already. <laughs> Damn it, Gerald. We've been waiting for you forever. What took so long? Next time, make up the quote. We just stalled for 20 minutes. And everybody's at each other's throats because of you. Now make it up to us. <laughs> sorry, guys. I, I'm sorry. I, I was lollygagging there, but I, I'm back now. It's all good. Uh, so what'd you learn, Gerald? What's the <laughs> what's the most important news of the night? The most important news of the night is that apparently that play that they ran for Mikhail down the stretch where he got those elbow don't, jumpers. Don't, don't you fucking don't say, you say it, Gerald. It. Don't we you say it. About it. Don't so you fucking say it. And like, the, they made the me feel so bad for me bringing that up, Gerald. When she Why? said it, when she said it, the silence in this room was deafening. It was so bad. <laughs> That's... That's upsetting because that is definitely the best part of tonight. The McElbo. No. It's fantastic. How did we not think of it sooner, in fact? Because it was that dumb. It's not. <laughs> the McElbo. So, really? Yes. yes it's oh amazing. God. You see, Saul, I, it's McHale plus elbow. I, I get it. Get no, I get it. <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> Goodbye to Girth. Bye, Gerald. <laughs> McKelbo, so really? That's the best that came out of this game tonight is the McKelbo? Absolutely. That's a trademark phrase. But I will say, Mikhail is not a fan of it. He was telling us after the game when we asked him about it, his immediate reaction was to roll his eyes. And the reason is he says it's because they call it the elbow, but they joke with him that he shoots the ball so much when he gets that play run for him that they call it the McHale So it's really kind of an inside joke as far as making fun of McHale again for getting more shots this year. Um, but yeah, DA was, DA was saying he was telling book on the bench, like those are your plays because those are the plays that book and CP three typically run. Uh, they ran a lot of counters on that exact same set down the stretch and it worked for them. So um, really impressive kind of Testament to how Paul has grown with letting some of these other guys take over and, Mikhail has kind of stepped up in that situation, being able to run those plays. You know, Gerald, overall, um, I thought DA was solid tonight. Still mm -hmm. has some some places to, to clean up, especially defensively. We still um, still has a, a little bit of a lackluster effort from time to time on the defensive end. But I thought overall, when you package it all together, he was solid. What, how would you assess his performance tonight? Yeah, I would say solid. I mean, there were still some stretches that were a little frustrating on the defensive end in particular, a couple of plays that, you know, he didn't really contest around the basket or he gave up kind of an easy offensive rebound. 
Um, but, you know, he was saying after that kind of face-to-face incident with Scotty Barnes there, uh, he was saying Barnes kind of poked the bear and woke him up a little bit uh, because he was frustrated. We saw him slap a bench chair because he had missed some shots. I think he was five for 13 around that area of the game. Um, so he was upset, especially because he said he remembered that he didn't play well against the Raptors last time around. They've historically given him some problems with their length in the past. Uh, and they like to switch a lot. And against switches, the Suns like to use DA to punish those switches. But against Toronto, it's a lot harder. So he was frustrated. But after he woke up, I thought he played really well. Um, you know, defensively looked a little bit more engaged. Offensively, he was a great outlet for them in the pick and roll um, and, and kind of generating paint ch- touches with those dribble handoffs as well. So, um, I, and, you know, he had that big put back at the end of the game. Uh, to kind of seal the deal there a little bit. A lot of the guys pitched in down the stretch. But, um, yeah, it wasn't DA's best game by any stretch, but he was productive, and I thought it was a a solid night, like you said, overall. I know he's not a shot blocker, but does it concern you at all that every time Lindsey places a bet on DA to not get a block, he doesn't (laughs) get a block, number one. And number two, I want to say he's on a stretch now of like four or five straight games without a block. Like, that's that's got to speak to to his lack of of you know being engaged and really instinctually not being able to play defense at a, at a high enough level. Yeah, I mean it's. I think someone tweeted. I, I didn't check the stat to verify it was real, but I think someone tweeted he only has like three blocks in the month of January, and yeah. I'm pretty sure in, in Busy's last stat, last start he had five. So it's it's one of those things where. It, it, I don't want to say it speaks to his mindset, but it, it kind of does in terms of rim protection. He doesn't really go chase the ball. He contests. He does the solid contest, um, but it doesn't really deter people because they've realized he's not going to go and get it. He's not going to get his hand on that ball unless it's you know a blatantly easy kind of block. So uh, that is something that's a little bit concerning. I know we've talked about his rim protection a little bit over the last week as well. Um, you know, you don't have to block shots to be a good rim protector, but yeah, I mean, when you've only got three blocks and however many games he's played for a month, that's not ideal. Chris Paul almost had more blocks in this game than DA has had all month. (laughs) No bullshit. He had two in this game. Gerald, was there much talk about, uh, Mikhail not really having much of an offensive impact through most of that third quarter and into the fourth, finished with 23 in the first half, finished the game with 29 overall. Was there any talk about change in defensive uh, approach by Toronto or change in mindset by Mikhail in that second half? Not really. I, I think part of it was that they got blitzed in that third quarter. You look at their defense. I mean, they, they started the third quarter giving up a 24 or 20 to four run for the Raptors. Like, um, that put them in a hole pretty quick, and they were kind of scrambling. Um, and then the bench came in to start that fourth quarter and had some good ball movement, got them a small lead back. And Mikhail was saying the starters kind of trickled back in, and we're like, all right, we got to extend this, especially because Toronto made a run shortly after that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was – we talked about this after the last Spurs game as well, down the stretch, opportunities like those past failures, those past learning experiences like the Cleveland game where he missed the game-tying shot. Those are things that you take with you and you kind of build on them. Um, and over the last two games, he's been really good down the stretch in the fourth quarter and overtime when they've needed him. Uh, he had those back-to-back jumpers. I think he had three steals in the first half. So he's, you know, I, I, I don't 
I don't really focus too much on the third quarter because he had a phenomenal, I mean, he had the first half of his life mm-hmm. and then was able to close it out down the stretch. Um, and it was good to see him do that. And the rest of the Suns make winning plays. You know, we talk about DA's putback. Torrey Craig had that big offensive rebound that led to the Chris Paul three. Um, it felt like everyone kind of contributed in some way down the stretch. And that's what we were used to seeing from this team in crunch time last year. It, do you feel with his development in particular in the distribution of the ball and the ball handling that that kind of changes the approach going in to the deadline. We kind of talked, touched on that earlier, but interested in your perspective on that. I think it does a little bit. I think in the playoffs you see rotation shorten and, and to see Mikhail Bridges successfully manning kind of these point Mikhail lineups is definitely encouraging I do still think they should add an additional ball handler off the bench um, just because with campaign's health being what it is and and just the way that campaign kind of disappeared in the playoffs last year, I feel like you need another reliable ball handler and especially another shot creator um, off that bench. I think what Mikhail is doing is phenomenal, but we also still need to see how it looks with Devin Booker coming back. And then we need to see how it looks against, uh, other elite playoff caliber defenses where they're literally they have the time to scheme against you every single night game to game and adjust to what you did so it, I, I do think adding some extra versatility there in the backcourt would still be a good idea even with Mikhail really making leaps and, and making some smart passes and reads lately what do you think or hope it will look like with Mikhail when book comes back I hope that he's still able to be assertive and it the person that kind of is able to ease up a little bit is Chris Paul. We want to see this aggressive, confident Mikhail who at the end of the Spurs game was telling people, give me the ball and get out of my way. Uh, something Chris Paul said he's never seen him do during his time in Phoenix. So, uh, you know, we were talking to Monty about Chris after the end of the game. I asked him, you know, Chris has been looking great since he came back from injury and Monty was saying, yeah, we're, We're trying to keep him fresh. We're trying to run things through other people so that he can pick and choose his spots more selectively. And that's what Mikhail is able to do when he plays like this. You know, we've seen Chris Paul playing the best basketball of the season since he's returned. Um, And I think Mikhail, with the way that he's playing, is part of that. So when Book comes back, I want to see Chris able to be even more selective. Um, He's been great about creating separation lately from the mid-range, even on three-pointers. Um, and you know, Mikhail joked, like he said, it's almost kind of good when Chris Paul has a minor injury because then it's like, good, sit your ass down and rest. So I think the Suns know and feel the exact same way we do. It's all about preserving him for the long run. And that's what Bridges recent play can help do. Brittany wants to know if Mikhail's jaw is okay. Is he good? Yes. Yes. He said he was all right. He was just kind of down for a minute just because of the pain. He took a shot to the jaw. Um, I almost joked that he took a Mikhail bow to the face, but he didn't like oh, it the first Jesus. time. So I, I, I held off. I did the journalistic responsible thing and I held off. That's he the journalistic okay. responsible thing. <laughs> I'm glad that's where you drew the line at your journalistic integrity. The journalistic responsible thing would have been not to report that in the first place. <laughs> oh, right? come on. No, guys. Fault. You're it's the so best boring. thing to come out of the night. <laughs> uh, Gerald, speaking of journalistic responsibility, what would be your uh, final meal? My final meal? Yeah. 
Oh man, I, I would have a like a whole smorgasbord of different things. Thank I would you, have. Gerald Bourget. Suck Christ. it, Saul Bookman. <laughs> oh, I feel, so I feel like we've talked about this before, but I would have like steak. I would have my no no tortellini. No, you and Lindsay <laughs> talked about this before because you, you two Gerald are Bourget. bosom buddies. You guys are like the best friends ever, and you guys confide in each other your I'm secrets, about to throw and that's why you, you guys are always on the same page, and you leave us out of it. That's why you knew she said that, and you backed her up. You set him up for success i feel like I this is all a fraud this I is all a fraud i didn't even ask the question ask you probably it. texted hey, him hey gerald ask can you, you me and Lindsay be the three best friends that yes. anybody he's ever had yes. i don't give a shit <laughs> let, them, let them have each other <laughs> oh no i feel like saul's in a mikhail low right now oh no oh, look at what? what's happening to us you guys oh what i just took the b out of <laughs> Mikhail Low. oh no so gerald do you like nacho cheese from gas stations uh it's not my favorite but it's all right why would you eat it though yeah i'd eat it would you okay. consider it cheese uh, only by like the strictest definition, not for the <laughs> loosest definition. It's like melty and that's good enough for you. Yeah. It's cheese. It's cheese. I don't ask questions. Gerald, are, are Reese's overrated as a gas station candy? Uh, Reese's are like pretty top three for me. Thanks. Twix is number one, but Reese's Wait, is like top overrated two. Overrated or, or good? Top Reese's? three. Yeah. Reese's is good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Gerald. You're, you're smart. I forgive you for the Mikhailbo stuff now. I feel like I just made a massive enemy out of Saul or Lindsay. You I did. can't tell who. Well, the trade deadline is coming up next week. I hope I see you then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gerald. Anything else? I, I anything think, else? I think Kellen Olsen's available. I don't know. We'll see. Aww. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we, we'd aim higher. Don't worry. So. Anything else from tonight's Damn. game? I like Kellen Olsen. That wasn't a shot at Kellen. I was just saying Gerald's trade value is very high right now. Oh. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Mark uh, Stein, no. we're getting in here. Don't worry. Oh, that would be that would be pretty solid. I can't even lie. You can um, trade be, it for Mark Stein. I'd be very impressed with my trade value if I pulled Mark Stein, so that's good. But <laughs> uh no, nothing nothing else really. I, I think this was kind of a return to form for the Clutch Suns and any win that they can get in this period until Devin Booker back is huge especially against a Raptors team that you are looking at some of their players and maybe trying to trade for them. So we'll see. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Gerald. We appreciate you. Um, before we all say goodbye, for real, for real, I know we joked about it as Gerald was coming on to the show, but we do have a really exciting thing planned for you tomorrow. Um, if you're not already following us on social media, you should definitely be following us there. But also... Uh, our live show will be at 3 p.m. here on our YouTube channel. I promise you're going to want to come hang for that show. Obviously, if for whatever reason you cannot make it, you can always listen to it wherever you get your podcast. But it's going to be a pretty epic 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. You'll see it everywhere. Yeah, on social media. That's all you media, need to know. So. Big time. Keep an eye out. Okay. Awesome. Well, great show, guys. Gerald, thank you. Uh, glad we got a Suns win. Until we see you tomorrow. Thanks for making us stay 30 minutes later than we should have there, Gerald. Appreciate you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And, of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. If you're getting a brawl tonight, throw some McHale bows. 
<laughs> ahoy, ahoy. Win. Win, 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 win. Curve everything else. Win, 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 win. Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHA.